I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to the most haunted city on earth. Hello! We got some ghosts! We found ghosts! Like they, uh, <laughs> we found gold or whatever. Yeah. There's ghosts in them hills! Let's go to the ghosts! Dig them up! This is not why they're listening, or maybe it's exactly why they're listening. I don't know. There be a ghost in them hills. Come on, you're not going to actually keep that, are oh, you? Oh, we're keeping it. Okay. This that we. Oh no, it's done. You guys, you guys exposed, they exposed themselves. Well, the way that I started it, JT was like, "Be more excited," and I'm like, "I was excited." excited. It was a little. It was a little lackluster, but anyway, it was not prospector excited. It yes, was not, not uh, old timey minor forty nine or excited. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Let's talk about Washington, Georgia, everybody. Washington. Washington, Georgia. Yes. Um, So, uh, yes, we went there and. (laughs) Yes. Washington, Georgia, founded in 1780, the first city in the United States named after George Washington. You sound like the beginning of an audio book. Honestly, that was like lit. Like, I was like, oh my God, how how long is he going to go here? Yeah, what I, else I, do you I, know? No, uh, we know so much about Washington because when we went to Washington, Georgia, we were given not only a grand tour, but mm-hmm. we were also sat down with the foremost historian of the city. Yes. We were treated very well in Washington. And we basically, um, Washington recognized that what they had was uh, a remote but very active haunted establishment and haunted city altogether Mm -hmm. that they really haven't capitalized on, that they haven't used uh, to its greatest extent. And they invited us to come out and try to uncover some of the hauntings there. And it was an immense visit. Uh, You know, we- Uncover we we did. We we arrived there on a uh, Sunday. And uh, literally one of the first things uh, that happened was uh, JT- set up and took a a drone shot of the hotel, which brought us an image that immediately made us take double takes and look at and and go over and over again. And being uh, ghost experiencers, ghost, uh, you know, we're trying to get away from ghost hunt. And call it ghost hunter. We're storytellers. We're storytellers, and we also, you know, sometimes look for ghosts. Right, ghost investigators, paranormal investigators. Uh, uh, Being that we've done this for a long time, uh, we have looked at a lot of pictures, and so even looking at this picture, it's like instantly in your mind, you're like, yes, I understand that there's reflections, there's lights, there's you know, there there's trees somewhere nearby. There's all uh, the the glass itself might be a little wavy. There's all kinds of reasons, but just about everybody who looks at this picture sees at least four. Faces, faces and 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 things and you know well, one thing that jumped out the the moment I saw it it kind of looked like a almost a a, a caricaturish skull mm-hmm. a pumpkin skull yes. it was very prominent and then 
once you get past that, there's a very clear like little girl's face, and then mm-hmm. there's something that kind of looks like a wiener dog. Uh, and so you have a little demon in the bottom. And then the, left. this yeah, little demon or, or haggish, you know, just uh, yeah. twisted face. And and that was like first thing. That was the first, first thing. thing. Like first we, thing. we weren't even unpacked. I I I don't think I even arrived. You weren't even there yet. I hadn't even yes. gotten there. I was coming in from yes. Atlanta, and so you know the uh, the the drone footage. Uh, told us right away, oh, you're in for it. Yeah. <laughs> the drone that we have shoots uh, 48 megapixels. So very, very, very sharp images. You can zoom in and still get some pretty sharp stuff. And when I first looked at this, I was like, I wanted to put it on social media, I, mainly mainly Facebook, because we're getting a lot of engagement at the time on Facebook, but we only put it on IG because people are nicer there. The reason... <laughs> yeah, Facebook the reason, be nicer, seriously. No, no, Facebook is really mean, uh, you know, but basically... It didn't look real to me. Right. It looked like uh, manipulated images. And I didn't want people thinking that I'm over here doing that because I don't We do have that all ever. had the experience of having a photo um, that when we present it, people are, the very first thing they say is, oh, well, that's that's photoshopped. Oh, yeah. you photoshopped that it's in. It's not. It's like, no, it's not photoshopped. And that's, and that's one of the great frustrations of having a piece of evidence is um, there is that, uh, that great quote, which is, you know, um, for those who believe, no evidence is necessary. For those who don't, no evidence would suffice. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And that's truth. That is so true. You can put a very compelling mm-hmm. piece of evidence in front of somebody who, who, who has already made up their mind of what yep. is and what isn't. And they immediately know how to debunk it in their mind. And so it is. It makes it, you hesitant. You know, you have this thing and you're like, oh, they're just going to tear this apart. Yeah. You know, I was, I was like, like, I'm not putting this on Facebook. Well, we're we're going to make a TikTok out of it, but I'm also, you know, going to include probably a shot of the raw file just in the TikTok, raw file with the zoom in so people see that, that it hasn't been exported yet. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just, it's just, it looks a little, it looks a little fake, but it also looks like something. Well, yeah. and it we really does. even investigating at that point. We no, were literally we're getting B-roll. Well, yeah, we had been <laughs> yeah, there yeah. for maybe 10 minutes, y'all. <laughs> like, literally. nothing like I was just in there taking you know the like our stuff out and JT's like oh I'll just go get the drone footage while we're yes we're setting up I have to get the drone if it's a beautiful day I have to get the drone footage because I'm so terrified that it's going to be rainy the clouds will come in the clouds will come in and then I won't be able to get that drone shot and I'll regret my life so yeah that's like you know but it was just so bizarre and my mom too she I sent her the photo and she immediately goes there's a little girl in that, like yep, without yep. even like, yeah. you know, cause at first I was like, Oh, look how pretty the, the hotel is. And she was like, what is that in the window? And I'm like, see, you know, yeah. it's like, it's not just us being like crazy and being Slush. like, Oh, there's a ghost in there. Right. And the way it, it, it looks though, it does not look like you're looking at something like behind the window looking through it. Right. It, it is definitely like an image being projected to you. Like, yes. Do you yes. see this? You know, it's not so. It's it's fascinating, Fair. and and that's right off the bat. That's mm-hmm. that's that's that's, that's right arrival. That's that's literally before I get there. Uh, you know that that footage was taken, and yes. and you know I come rolling up, and they're like, "Oh, wait until you see your room. Wait until you see my room. <laughs> You're staying in the most haunted room in the hotel. Great, by myself." 
Yes. Let, let me let me tell you what they <laughs> what they did. The, the town of Washington, Georgia, invited us, and it was just, they have been nothing but just amazing. And Absolutely they, wonderful. Yeah. They literally the, everyone welcomed us the moment we got there. Like everybody in the town. And it was awesome. And then they were like, you have the whole hotel to yourself for two nights. And we were like, what? I mean, this is a massive hotel. Mm -hmm. And we get the most haunted rooms to stay in, room 100, and we have access to room 201, and then 307, which yeah. is Chris's, that's the most haunted room, the most the celebrated room. Happens. So, like, yeah. if you're if you're looking at ghost tourism, <laughs> try to get room 307. Yes. Um, it is, like, the moment we walk so in, creepy. you just feel like, oh, yeah, this, this, this room is wrong. Yes. You know, there's something going on here. Uh, at, to start off, the moment you open the door, you're looking at a very antique uh, mirror vanity. Uh, I'm not even sure you, it, it's necessarily a vanity because of the shape of it. It, it, it might be like just a big hall mirror or mm-hmm. something. Right. Um, it is, you know, clouded and and speckled, and you immediately like I see faces in it, and it just feels bad. But it's also facing another creepy little mirror. <laughs> it's directly opposite a creepy mirror. I'm like, great, a creepy mirror vortex. How lovely. But wait, there's more. There's a mirror facing my bed. That kind of creates an intersection of the mirror, mirror, like mirror. A triangle. It is. A triangle of mirrors. Nobody needs that. Yeah. Nobody wants I, that. I posted that that uh, photo on Patreon, and the pair of junkies went off. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, They're like, what? No. Chris has to sleep next to it. They were worried for his personal safety oh, yeah. and everything. And, <laughs> and most people know that I have mirror anxiety. I I, I have a, a definitive fear of mirrors. So it was lovely. Thank you so much. That was great. Well, you know, and it's funny too, because um, we sat down with the um, director of operations, Brittany, and I was like, girl, what is going on with the interior design? She's like, oh yeah, that's the only one we didn't touch. Like, yeah, we didn't we, change it. Oh, we great. didn't change it. I'm like, well, maybe you should um, because it because is just it wrong. Oh, just scooch one of the mirrors uh, just a away. little away. Or take it to a different room. Take it to a different room. Like, Nobody mm-hmm. needs that. And, and the so the smaller the mirrors... Um, I kept having to adjust because it, you know, it's old and it, it moves like this. But when it moves, it goes. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, why? <laughs> why make that noise? What? Out of all why? the noises. Ah, 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 ah. You're like, stop oh, it. No, I don't like it. Oh, it was very upsetting. And and so. And then your light bulbs. We oh, um, yeah. we're, we're we're just setting up. We're just kind of like uh, unpacking. And I um I had uh, invested in the the ghost tube lens which is basically just one of those phone caddies for your VR. Um, and, uh, and they created a new app, it goes to Seer, which basically it's, it just creates AI utilizing the same kind of um, principle of, of plucking words out of a word bank because of electromagnetic uh, sensors. But what was interesting was I put it in just, just to figure it out because it's, it's, it's not... It, the quickest thing to figure out, but I figured it out. The first thing I do, I put it on and an image comes up. I'm standing in the room and the images of two women fighting. And there's a, there's a, there's another figure in the room, but predominantly it's like professional wrestling, like head grab is what it looks like. Uh, The story of the room that I'm in is that a woman threw another woman out the window uh, after catching her with her husband. And I was like, Oh, how very, prescient to have this image show up mm-hmm. right here while I'm standing. Again, 
I hadn't unpacked. I was just like putting the stuff out and I was like, I, I should learn how to use this thing. And, and it, that was it. That was the first image that came through. Um, maybe we'll insert it here. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it, it we, right off the bat, we were getting yes. really interesting yes. and strange mm-hmm. and peculiar things. Um, and all this was like gearing up we're, 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 we're not even hunting yet, but we're having like these little uh-huh. feelings of, Oh, this, this is going to be something. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we were gearing up for a, uh, an interview with a town historian, mm-hmm. uh, Skeet, Skeet Willingham, uh, Robert M. Willingham, uh, as I would learn, uh, who wrote the book on Washington, Georgia, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I read in like 2008 or 2009. Um, so it was very weird because uh, even JT joked, yeah. like maybe he had written the, the book because I, I was did. talking about that. Yeah. I the, What I know of Washington, Georgia, I read in a book. And he was like, well, maybe Skeet wrote it. And I was like, no, it was some guy, Robert something. Yeah. <laughs> and it turned out to be, yeah, that was Old him. Skeet. Old Skeet. Old Skeet. And today we are in historic Washington, Georgia, which is incredibly haunted, y'all. Um, we had no idea <laughs> right. until we got here. I mean, we heard the rumors right. that it was super haunted. Um, but we literally got here and weird stuff immediately started happening. So the rumors are true if you've heard them. <laughs> but uh, we are actually here in the middle of town square uh, with Mr. Skeet, who is a local historian. And he's going to be telling us all about uh, the history of Washington. Um, Georgia and Wilkes County in general. So, Mr. Skeet, would you like to introduce yourself? Okay. I am Skeet Willingham, Robert M. Willingham, Jr., if we want to be formal about it, which I never do. (laughs) So, uh, I'm, but I am sort of the local historian, I suppose, uh, and have written a number of books on on Washington and the area. I've read one of your books. I didn't oh, realize you were Robert. You, you are. Uh, I am quite. I am quite impressed that anyone has read one of those. It was uh, the Images of America. Yeah, the the, yeah? the Arcadia Press book, right? Which is still in print, folks. Oh yeah, uh, go out and get most it. of it's the others really are out good. of print now. So, so <laughs> that's we can, amazing. Yeah, but uh, that one is is still available. So, uh, but yeah, I I grew up here, have enjoyed uh, living here most of my life. Uh, and my grandparents, their grandparents, and their grandparents all were from here. Uh, And this is honestly a sort of a special year for Wilkes County because, or for this area, because it was exactly 250 years ago that this area was first settled, not just by those of European descent, but by anybody because even the the Native Americans used this as a hunting ground, but there were no permanent settlements here. So uh, it was 1773 in the fall of that year that these lands were opened up by the British government, who obviously were then in charge of the colony of Georgia. And it was done basically to pay off the debts that the Native Americans had accrued to uh, English traders who were delivering all sorts of things, beads and uh, books and uh, candles and anything else uh, to these uh, Native Americans who, who were the Creek and Cherokee were, were in here. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And there's also um, some really interesting uh, big points in history. We're actually sitting right by one of them. Uh, the beautiful courthouse that's behind us, which I'm sure we'll cut in a nice photo of. Um, but this actually was the place where the first woman was um, convicted to death, right? Um, Polly, in this Barclay. Pa- Polly Barclay. Polly Barclay was yes. hanged. Oh, uh, my most recent book was on Polly's hanging, oh. as a matter of fact. Well, there so, you go. Perfect. So, yeah. Okay, and, everybody. Uh, and, and like too many of them, it's out of print, too, but we can put it back in print. Uh, we'll get interest. If, there, yeah. if there's that, a huge ask about it. onslaught <laughs> yes. of, right. of folks who are interested. But, yes, Polly Barkley arranged for the murder of her husband in 1806, uh, and she was actually held in a makeshift jail that was the building that's on the corner right over there, oh. and she was in the basement. This uh, building with uh, the the little green build the oh. building that's that's oh. green there. I see. Uh, and the basement is the original basement there. The the oh. upper floors were put in were built about 1840, <laughs> that is but the basement is the original basement wow. in, in there, from what we gather. Uh, but Polly was hanged about. Um, a little less than a mile to the west of us, where we are now. And supposedly she was hanged. And, mm. and uh, it's, it's never been certain. Uh, we don't know where she was buried. If tradition holds, she was probably buried not necessarily under the Fitzpatrick Hotel, but oh. certainly in the, the backyard of the Fitzpatrick, because that was the city graveyard. Perfect. We're actually staying in a room with a great view of that. So well, good. good okay. <laughs> that's, that's excellent. Then you can, if, if there's a little shape shifting at night, you can, uh, right. <laughs> you can figure, figure maybe what's, what's going on over there a little bit. But that was the... The graveyard in wow. in the mid 1850s, the graveyard was moved to Rest Haven Cemetery, which is on the west side of town, and is still the city cemetery. Oh, uh, and but now whether uh, if it if it was normal, a lot of those graves were left oh, intact. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, they might if there were stones, and they did move some of the stones, and we we know where the, those are located at Rest Haven, but uh, there was a pauper's section. Uh, There was a section for enslaved that was also in that back side of of the hotel as you head over to uh, Washington Tavern, now the restaurant that's over there now, And and the old jail which is, has been restored, is in the process of, of being lovingly tended to, and is going, will be uh, condos, I think. Oh, and, there you go. And it's a, an 1880s, 90s building, but it's, again, on the location of probably the second jail, and, and probably would have been the jail that was existing here when Polly was hanged. Right. But that was an all-male institution, and they didn't really have a place to put Polly because that hadn't happened much before. So Polly uh, 
basically arranged for the death of her husband. Yes. Uh, what happened to the person who perpetrated the actual crime? Was he also captured? And uh, and, and uh, he and, was captured in a in a fashion. Uh, they allowed him to escape. Uh, but okay. but he okay. he received in in that day in 1806 he received a fate probably worse than hanging he was banished to Kentucky. Oh no! I'm so, so sorry to our Kentucky listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry about that as well. But well, no, it's very interesting yeah. because that that that's the the intrigue of it too is. Uh, the, the severity of the punishment for, for conspiring versus the actual action of doing right. the deed. So um, we had a lot of conflict of sp- spirits in that room in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did an SC's method, which we find to be one of the more effective ways to truly get good evidence, if you will. Yeah, it's kind um, of our brand. Yeah. Well, you know, so here's the thing is like, if you just sit there with the spirit box, it's so easy to just look for what you want to hear. Try to find answers in the sounds. Exactly. And so with the Essie's method, it really eliminates those variables and it makes it easier to get more concise evidence and get your questions answered if Mm -hmm. they're willing to talk. and so we, willing, it was not the problem this time. Yes, yes. And too many were willing to talk, which was a lot. Yeah. I mean, we were getting direct answers like like immediately in room three hundred seven. That was honestly in most of the rooms we were getting immediate. No, no, no. But I'm just talking about this first one. Yeah, it just like we were starting out, and it was like jarring. We were like, whoa, yeah, whoa. We could right, keep already. up with it. Yeah, yeah. tons exactly. of activity day one. Like, well, so the the problem was with. Chris's room. And I think a lot of it has to do with the three mirrors. Truly. Oh, I think absolutely. It is yeah. No, no, no question. Lots of activity and lots of things to come through. Um, but there was just too many spirits kicking each other off the feed. And so it was hard for me at times to distinguish who was talking um, because they would talk over each other, which you don't often hear a lot through spirit boxes. Usually, um, you'll, sometimes they'll be kind of low, like with what they're saying. And so you're just like, wait, hold on. You got to repeat that again, because yep. I didn't understand what you said, but this time it was like multiple words would be mashed together. And I'd be like, okay, everybody's got to talk one at a time because yeah. I can't, I can't decipher what you're saying. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can anybody hear us? Is anybody here? Is there anybody in this room that would want to talk to us? Friends. Friends. All right. How many of you are there in the room with us? Okay. Can any of the six spirits tell me their names? 
We'd love to meet you. We'd absolutely love to know who you are. Elizabeth. And just for our listeners um, who don't know what the Estes Method is, you know, maybe they're not uh, pair junkies or maybe they're just brand new listeners. We all just real quick, just give like a quick explanation of uh, what the Estes Method is and what it entails. So the Estes Method is basically isolating the person who is listening to the spirit box so that they cannot hear or see any kind of stimuli that might influence what they're hearing on the spirit box. It was developed in Estes Park primarily for use at the Stanley Hotel, but it actually is a wonderful way to eliminate the part of the mind that searches for an answer to a question. Because if you hear the question or if you know what the question is, you automatically start combing for the sounds that might sound like the answer but instead now we're asking questions and these answers are popping up organically Mm -hmm. uh, in the in the purview of the person listening now it is not easy to decipher a lot of it because if you're if you've ever listened to the spirit box very carefully uh, there's a lot of mumble jumble there's a Mm -hmm. lot of of spikes and there's a lot of weird things that come through and uh, that's when uh, having someone who is more on the medium side, a little more on the psychic side, Conduit. your most sensitive yep. person on your team should be the one to, to actually sit with the equipment because they are going to have that extra edge of figuring out yes. what is uh, you know, just random radio fodder and what is a right. spirit trying to come through. Not only, not only do they need to, in my opinion, not only do they need to be uh, sensitive, but they also need to be trustworthy. And that's where Madison comes in because she could be saying whatever she wants, really. But we all know Madison is like, just not like that. And we're all very authentic. We keep the show authentic. Um, But that is also something that, you know, you need. And so when those you know, I trust my wife is not doing that at all. And so when she, when I'm asking what's your name and she immediately says Elizabeth, that junk is crazy. And that's another thing is the closer the connection to the question asker and the person answering is probably the best thing. So if you have a married couple, if you have siblings, or if you have people who are really closely connected, that might deliver more uh, direct answers and responses. So I think JT and Madison make this great team because they they are linked together. And then when when they are separated mm-hmm. by you know uh, sensory deprivation, there's still the connection. Yes. So yes. you know it, it it definitely helps when you start to realize that there are components that are not technical. You know, uh, because the the technical aspect of it all is 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 machinery. Mm-hmm. It's the 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 individuals, and we talk about that a lot. Like, you know, you can hand a camera around, and only one person is going to get an image that it, because the spirit is showing themselves to a specific person. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not the equipment itself, but the people who are able to interpret it. And when you when you expand on that, it becomes people who are connected to the people who are doing it. So so if you're going to attempt, you know, like the Estes method or, or any kind of ghost hunting, kind of learn roles within right. the um, within the team so that you're like, well, you, you seem to be the most sensitive and, yeah. and you are the closest connected to the most sensitive. And, you know, uh, that way you are not wasting time trying to rotate all of these things. Because that is a... Uh, a temptation to be like, oh, well, now you do it. Oh, well, now you do it. And well, now you do it. Not everybody has the same strengths. So, you know, play to your strengths, know who the strongest person is in their roles, uh, and then utilize that. Right. 
And I think uh, part of the reason why it helps that I am literally a walking antenna, it feels like, um, is because uh, an ability that I have that we don't often talk about on the show is that I'm also clairaudient, which means that I hear spirits. Uh, It's not as strong as my clairvoyance, but it is there. And so sometimes with the Estes method, even though I... um, and only hear is sometimes when they mumble or they're not being as punchy with their um, with their words. I can understand what's happening because I can hear it in my head. Uh-huh. I can hear what words trying to come through because I I start to pick up on their voices. I start to pick up on who's talking, things like that, um, which helps. And then I'm also able to communicate with them in that way because I will literally in my head be like, while we're doing, I'm like, y'all got to talk louder or <laughs> you yeah. got to be, you got to like, I can't understand you. You have to be more clear, you know? That's why you're so special to the show. Thanks y'all. No, seriously. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, you're, you're, you're so good at that. And I think there's also a level of, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the go, the, the spirit's they sense that we're starting to realize this place is haunted and they are there and therefore there is that level of, you know, okay, you know, let's communicate more. So I personally don't go into a place immediately assuming it's not haunted. I go into it assuming it is and then if we, if the evidence isn't there, then I, you know. The luck is. Mm Mm-hmm. Spirits want to be seen, but they don't want to waste their energy. Mm-hmm. They don't want to waste an energy on somebody who's who's trying to figure it out. They want to they want to show themselves to people who will accept it. Yeah, because every time they do anything to reach out, they're expending energy. Mm-hmm. So let's say they go to a guy who is you know on the fence. He says, "This could be haunted. This couldn't be haunted. I don't know." The ghost comes and says. You know, I'll I'll rattle this door, and then the guy's like, "Well, that could be the wind." Immediately, they've lost the energy that they used to rattle that door. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, and and they're not getting it back from the guy. Mm-hmm. The guy's not feeding them. He's not going. Oh, I hear you. Mm-hmm. They're suddenly dwindling, and mm-hmm. many hauntings probably diminish because they're trying their best yeah. to get it noticed, and people are quickly dismissing it and quickly mm-hmm. you know coming up with the answers. It's like the idea of going in full debunk is dangerous in an investigation because you're, you're just diminishing a spirit. And then when you leave, that spirit's going to gain energy and gain energy and gain energy and still go back to whatever behavior it was doing. And that's, that's especially dangerous with like when people are in peril. Because sure. mm-hmm. a lot of people are having a hard time and then uh, an investigator can go in and say, oh, well, you know, this is a loose uh, bolt here and when the wind blows, this happens. And, and they go through and they reassure the person. And yeah, you know what? The spirit tried to make contact and then was shut down. Sure. And then the, the, the investigator leaves, the spirit's still there. Mm-hmm. And the spirit's like, I'm just going to have to try harder. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I'll, I'll conserve my energy. And, and so you hear this all the time. Like uh, exorcisms are a great example when people come to bless the house or yeah. Clean, yeah. cleanse the house. They, they're basically dampening the spirit, but the spirit doesn't go away. It's just like going, oh, 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 okay. And then when it comes back, it's worse yeah, you know, yeah, because sure. it's thinking that I need to get the attention more. I need to do something more so that they're not, mm-hmm. you know, 
afraid of me or that they're not. Right. So if you want to see that uh, that live stream of our first night there in room 307, that is on uh, uh, Patreon. You can become a pair junkie, or if you are a pair junkie and missed it, um, all of that is saved on YouTube. So you just scroll down the feed and you can click right on it. Uh, so... After after that night, uh, how was your how was your night, Chris? Because I know we, <laughs> I did not sleep that night. Uh, it starts with <laughs> we are as far apart from each other as possible. Literally in the hotel, we are. They are in the first floor at the far end, and I'm on the third yes. floor at the far end. Sound, we are as man. far as humanly possible. Yes. So we have just kicked the hornet's nest of ghosts in my room. We're just like, <laughs> hey, bam, wake up. Let's hear what you have to say. Okay, good night. And then, <laughs> so my room is just buzzing. It's yes. just buzzing. It's buzzing. There and, were, I asked how many spirits are in the room. Madison goes six. Yeah. And I'm at, like, well, we were doing the Estes method. And all the para-junkies went off. They were <laughs> dying. And they're like, Chris is sleeping there. I was like, yeah, sleep is a, a quote-unquote, you know, sleep. Uh, no, it was, it was so intensely uh, agitating to be in the room. So uh, the very first thing that happens to me after I, I leave them in their room, I, I come walking back to, uh, to my room. Uh, did we stop at the ballroom? On the way back to your room? Yes. I think we did. So, yeah, I think so, we did. So we did take a little detour into the ballroom. Uh, there's a lot of stories of seeing a woman in the ballroom. Uh, we go into the ballroom. The ballroom was very oppressive feeling. Like, oh, like the threshold of the door, it felt like the difference between going into a room, going from an air conditioning to non-air conditioning. It was that it, that definite. You mm-hmm. felt like this wall of, oh, something happened. You know, something's very, like the air is still it there. Was, it was also like walking into a pressure chamber. Yes. It was that, like, yeah. oh, Yeah, a barometric pressure just changed mm-hmm. uh, drastically. Um, and they had two mirrors facing each other. Yes, and they there did. Were, it was very bizarre, but one of the mirrors had this little blemish on it, and we'll, we'll explain what the blemish is later. Had a little blemish on it, which kind of alleviated the, the, the mm-hmm. energy because it was like, well, there's something wrong with that mirror. You know, and I, I, I couldn't see that. I didn't know anything, but I was on the other side of the room going, something wrong with that mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I just know it from, from, from sensation. Uh, and I'm not sensitive. I should I should put that on the table. I am uh, hyper vigilant. Yes, uh, which means I am uh, paranoid. I'm I'm really I'm, <laughs> I'm really scared of things. So I sense when things are out of whack. Not yep. not in a supernatural way, but in a okay. Should I get my sword? Do I need my sword? Do I, need <laughs> yes, sword? I should get my which sword. Which he had in his car. Which I had uh, several in my car. Um, so. Uh, we drop, uh, we, I drop them off at, in their room on 100 first floor. And that, then I trek through the big empty, no, not even staff, no staff. No just, staff was there. Just me. And uh, I think I, I grabbed an apple and, and uh, a pineapple juice from the, con- uh, the little uh, continental breakfast place. And I'm walking, you know, and if you've ever been in a very large empty building, there's this sensation, you know, this mm-hmm. feeling that you're just like being followed. Being when I was watched. up on the second floor, I really felt like I was being like pestered, you know, like there's a sensation that there was forces behind me. And, and, and the classic is don't look, don't turn around to look at them because I think that's what they want. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. like coming up behind me so that they'll turn around. And mostly I think they want me to turn around just so they can laugh at me. They'll be yeah. like, ah, I gotcha. But I was like, no, don't do it. So I get up to my room. I open the door. And as, as I'm opening the door, the, as the door passes the plane where the mirror is, I swear I see a woman 
standing in front of that mirror, that creepy, creepy mirror. Mm -hmm. And it takes me, uh, you know, it jolts me just enough, but there's nothing there. And I'm like, okay, Chris, you know, play it cool. You're all right. Just walk in with your apple. It's no big deal. So I get ready for bed. Um, I lie down in bed and, you know, I, I, uh, I have a little lamp on by the bed. I turn the lamp off. I lie down and I swear I feel like there's just a crowd of people standing around the bed. Just like all around the bed. And I can't see very well because I need glasses to see. So I'm like shadowy, 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 weird, warped, strange, mirror, no, God. Turn the light back on. So now I'm lying with my little lamp on and I'm thinking, yeah, okay, this, this isn't too bad. I'll just, you know, night light, try to sleep. No, I need to get up. I need to turn on every light in the room. Overhead <laughs> lights, big lights, light track lighting. Went into the bathroom, turned the bathroom light on. I'm like, all right, this is more like it. And every time I would get to like almost sleep, I'd get the sensation that there was somebody watching me. So I turn and I look. All right. So I turn over on my side. And the moment I was on my side, it definitely felt like there was something right behind me. I'm like, no, no, sleep on your back. Nope, turn on your side. Nope, there's something right behind me. That was all <laughs> night long. I did not fall asleep until the sun started coming up and started like coloring Goodness gracious. the sky. And finally I was like, well, I can sleep. You know, now I can sleep. <laughs> now, yeah. now, I, now I can sleep. I, I'll, I'll just go to sleep because even if they're running around, they have to be exhausted too. Because yeah. all night they're like, ha, 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 ha. And so I was like, you got to be tired. Go to sleep. And then you close your eyes and I... Uh, rang and I was yeah, like, then I got I a text like, saying, it's time. <laughs> it's, it's time to go. And I'm Podcast. Like, I'm <laughs> podcasting. Blum, 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 blum. So, yes, yes uh, we, we hunted down some coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we, we did. Now, we, real we, fast, we heard, uh, we heard something oh, that gosh. night, just backtracking just a little bit. So, JT, myself, and Nabria, we were all sharing a room in room 100. And after Chris had left, um, it had probably been like, 20 minutes or so yeah. after he had gone. Um, and we were all kind of winding down. Like we were all just laying in our beds and we suddenly heard the loudest. Onto it, was, the, it shook the chandelier. Yeah, literally. And we were like, Oh my God, what was that? And JT was going up to go to the bathroom and he goes, text Chris right now. And if he doesn't respond in three seconds, I'm going out there because we were worried that Chris had gone wandering around the hotel as he does, as he does to go look for more ghosts. And so we were worried that he had fallen down the steps because the steps were not particularly easy steps. Um, they're mm-hmm. old. We would learn that they were fatal steps. Yeah, they yes. were fatal steps. And so we were really concerned that he had fallen down them. And obviously there's no staff in the hotel. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like somebody out there, you know, um, also remember that there was this loud, loud sound in the middle of the night because we will come back to that. Yes. Uh-huh. And so we text Chris and he's like, nope, I'm in my room. And so we're just like, well, that's weird. Super um, weird. And so we we're all just like, OK, that was just, I guess, a really weird noise at the hotel. So we all slept like rocks, we except did. for Chris. Yeah. There's no rocks in, in my well, my my room <laughs> and JT was joking because we were all so tired at that point that we were like okay you know and he was joking that like the ghosts were hovering above our beds being like woogity boogity and we we're just yeah, yeah we're just like they're like trying to scare us and then they're and like we're hey, just, let's go up to the other guy's room yeah let's yeah. go up to the other guy's <laughs> room he's wide <laughs> awake <laughs> 
So right. we uh, then we talked. We sat down that morning with Brittany, who mm-hmm. is the general manager. No, she is the uh, director of operations. Director of operations, of, like all of the f- yeah. so, for the Fitzpatrick Group, which is yes. a, a series of businesses and a series of things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in Washington, Georgia. So she oversees everything, um, and so we started talking to her about like all the hauntings and stuff. And she confirmed some different things, um, including the fact when we had brought up that there were rumors that children had died in the hotel, she was telling us about the little girls. And mind you, one of the little girls died because she fell down the stairs. Not just any stairs, the stairs directly in front of my room. Yes. And so when she told us that, we all three were just like, uh, and so... That confirmed for us that that more than likely was like some type of residual energy that we were hearing because it sounded like somebody had just fallen down the steps um, above us, on the floor above us, which would make sense in the way of those steps only led to the second floor and then you had to go down a different set of Mm -hmm. steps. So it would have made sense why it sounded like it was coming up from the upper floor. Um, So that was creepy. And then also... Uh, we figured out what was wrong with the mirror um, because we we had known at that point that the ho- or the hotel had been derelict for about 50 years. This or is so. the mirror in the ballroom. Yep. Yes, uh, we were filming in the ballroom and because we were talking about how there was all these mirrors and stuff in the hotel and we we're like, especially these two mirrors facing each other and she goes, well, you see, um, if you look at that mirror, there's a hole in it. Yeah, y'all want to see the bullet hole? Let's go see the bullet hole. Let's take a look. It's a, we, we determined that it's a 22 caliber. Apparently they used to hire kids to come in here with guns to kill any rodents and, and pigeons that have roosted in here when this building was derelict. And so there's a 22 uh, bullet hole right there. Yeah, it's wild. And that was because at one point when the hotel was derelict, a tree had grown up through the hotel into the ballroom and pigeons started roosting in the ballroom. So they would let children into the hotel and they could pay 10 cents a bird and they would let children shoot the pigeons. And so that was a bullet hole in the (laughs) bullet hole that might have gone through a pigeon. For all we know. Right. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, okay, that makes sense as to why there is a hole in the mirror. Because yeah. uh, JT was like, it kind of looks like a BB like gun hole or something. And so... It was a twenty-two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, okay, that makes sense why it's kind of alleviated the vortex nature because it has been shot with a gun. Um, <laughs> so don't break your mirrors, but I guess if you have a vortex, shoot it with a twenty-two. Um, I, I guess that's... a <laughs> method now um but it at least disrupt transmission right (laughs) apparently it works uh but yes so that was new confirmation as well um and so we just had so many people coming in and out through the ballroom and stuff like that we were interviewing and you'll see all of these of course yes and it was a wonderful day of interviews and we heard about so many things there was apparently a very active ghost uh, in and around the kitchen uh that throws bread and spins yeah. pot lids spins and pot lids. she had and, that um, video and they and, think it's a yeah. child like a little boy right yeah a boy uh they're saying like 12 years old mm-hmm. um, which we don't have any direct stories about but again we're, we're sitting on a former cemetery lot we're also just a very fancy hotel where any number of people could have dropped off their ghosts yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of reasons why you might see uh, a ghost that you can't trace to an event in the hotel mm-hmm. and that becomes you know 
the the stories that that kind of stand out is oh um she literally walked through uh, and this was kind of weird she walked through the room to the ki- uh, to the kitchen and she saw a boy standing in the corner when we went into yeah the the room where she saw the boy there was a chair Facing the corner, facing the corner. It was ve- it was it was Crazy. Blair Witch feeling. It yeah, was like, it was. why is there a chair? Is just Blair Witch feeling because <laughs> it's 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 like you would think that it was a punishment chair, uh-huh. but right. the only child around is an eighteen week old baby. Yeah. yeah, so it's they're not putting the baby in the chair in the corner. So it was very it's odd very because it's a very big room. Hi, I'm Mandy. Um, I'm everybody's mama here. Um, I run the hotel on Mondays, and the rest of the week I'm the day chef. That's perfect. That's <laughs> Which gives you uh, free access to a, yeah. a large haunted hotel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So I know you were saying um, to JT and Debria that you had an interesting experience with one of the children ghosts as well. Yes. Um, when I first started here, I guess I'd been here a week or two, and all the rooms are, like, connected because, you know, in the beginning, this was all one giant, ho- you know, house, hotel thing. So when you go down to the kitchen, all the rooms connect. And when we go through what we call the game room, which is now the baby's room, um, when we go through the game room, we can we can cut into the kitchen through the swinging door. And so I'm just going through, hurrying, doing my daily running and I ran through, and in the corner of my eye, um, I thought I saw something at the back corner of the game room. And uh, so I kind of looked again, because there's always stuff piled in there. And I looked again, and it was a a boy. And he was very clear. Um, I was probably the only one in the hotel that day. Um, He was very clear. He had brown hair. He was probably about five foot or so, I'd say, I would have guessed like a, a 12-year-old little boy was standing there. Um, he had kind of brown hair. He had an orangish plaid shirt on. And it didn't hit me until I was halfway through the swinging door. Like, I, I just really saw somebody. So I went back and I looked, and it was nobody. And so I was like, okay, well, that's weird. Maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> and I went about my business. And then um, I come... Well, let's see, a few months after I'd started here, um, one of the girls that worked up in the hotel um, started working with me in the kitchen as um, my prep chef, and it was her first day. She said, are you scared of, like, paranormal? Do you get into, like, weird stuff? And I'm like, you know, what do you got? What what are you trying to tell me? (laughs) And she said, don't be alarmed, but there is someone watching us in this swinging door. It's got a, a glass in it, you know. She's like, somebody's looking at us. And I was really busy, and I said, it's probably just my boy. Don't worry about him. And <laughs> went about my business. But but she swore he stood there and watched us. And she described him, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's just the boy. It's, it's okay. Aww. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's the thing with children ghosts especially. They love to just observe a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you see that a lot with many spirits. But, mm-hmm. you know, children especially, they're so curious. And they're also um, not afraid of a lot of stuff. So true. It's interesting how, how at home it was that you immediately just accepted. You know, right. Like, well, oh, that's there. That's, you know? just, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's just not my first go-round in this oh, town. Well, there you go. So <laughs> I'm just kind of like, right. Well, then let's speak of your first go-around in this <laughs> yes. town. Um, actually, my first go-round in Wilkes County with a ghost, um, 
we had just moved to Georgia from Texas. Um, me and my husband, we were real young. We, we had just got married. We moved here. And we rented this little house out in what we call Sandtown, which is it's Wilkes County, but it's like between uh, Meadowsville and Washington. Okay. Um, and we rented this little house. And uh, the first night we moved in there, it was kind of creepy. But, you know, it was a new place, and I was a kid, you know, technically. We moved in, and, um, like, as soon as we started carrying boxes in, like, lights went flashing and stuff, and I thought, hey, you know, no big deal. You know, it's an old house. Um, before too long, um, I started having um, somebody change the radio stations on me. I mean, oh. you could hear it down the dial, you know, and um, um, just if you got in the shower, you just got this overwhelming feeling like soap and hurry, just hurry up, get out of here, you know, uh, it was, it was real freaky, um, and my husband just thought I was nuts, and <laughs> my sister-in-law, who would stay with me a lot, did not think I was nuts, because she witnessed a bunch of it, and so, um, the final thing that I dealt with as I was moving out, um, the radio station kept turning, um, doors would slam it was just uh, I never saw anything but it was enough to make you feel weird in there um and I don't live far from there now and sometimes when I drive by there you get this weird like come visit me feeling (laughs) and so um so this hasn't this doesn't bother me at all um being in this hotel um I actually like it and if the ghost would come visit me more, I'd, I'd be okay because they don't seem to be doing anything, any harm. Sure. So, Well, what are some other uh, experiences that you had in the hotel? Now, in here, um, it was funny because I went home. This was actually a couple weeks ago. I went home and I told my daughter because she, you know, works opposite shift from me. And I was like, Rebecca... Um, I just looked up and bread went flying across the kitchen. And she was like, it didn't just fall open. And I was like, no, like two slices flew from my shelf over in front of my flat top. It just, and she said, that's interesting. She said, because she said the day me and Camry were in there working, um, we weren't sure what was going on. And Camry is the one that saw the ghost in the the window. Um, a whole loaf of bread got thrown at them from the top shelf, clear past the flat top. And I mean, it's a good, it's a good distance. It didn't just, it would have just fallen, but it flew. And that's happened to Rebecca a couple times. Um, And it happened to me one time. Um, Sometimes, um, now the light flickering in there, that's just, our light is messed up, but we like to joke and say it's him. (laughs) Um, But that really has nothing to do with that. Um, But, it's just you never know what you're gonna get in there kind of thing um I was in there working one day I'm I'm not even gonna lie I had the fan going uh, a little fan on my table um I was prepping so I'm running back and forth grabbing pans and grabbing lids and I just grabbed a metal lid and stuck it on the table and put a little sticker on it a label you know so I can get ready and it just starts spinning, and it was spinning, like, fast. And before I thought about it, you know, I'm just being a jokester, and I was like, hey, little boy, get out of here. You know, Mama's trying to cook. Go bother somebody else, you know. And I didn't touch the fan. I didn't move. I stayed in the same spot, and the pan, the lid just, 
it just slowly slowed down and it just stopped and you can see the fan still blowing my sticker strip you know it's still right. blowing waving in the wind and the pan just stopped like for no reason you know uh that chair should be anywhere except facing the corner that yeah. was a little creepy it, very creepy it was yeah for sure and yeah, so we, we got all sorts of new stories about things. We got confirmation about the little girls. We got confirmation about Miss, Miss Fitzpatrick, um, the little boy who we did not encounter, but next time I'm sure. Next we're time gonna- we're going to hunt specifically for him because he moves things. He does. That That is one of those things is uh, when you have like three or four people with the same kinds of stories of the same kinds of things. Cause even Brittany told us mm-hmm. that she's seen things fly, yeah. you know, off of, of tabletops and things like that. And it's like, so there's a spirit with a, enough force, force and yeah. energy to move physical objects. That's a, that's a potent and powerful, very spirit. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued to go back for, for just for that. All right, y'all. We hope that you enjoyed part one of our Washington, Georgia paranormal investigation. Part two will be available this Saturday and will feature interviews with Brittany, the Fitzpatrick's director. And we will also be taking a deep dive into the infamous second night investigation. Stay spooky, y'all.